Welcome, my people, to So Much Life in Me podcast. This is the first podcast that we're recording, and today we'll be discussing taboos of fashion. Um, just a little background, So Much Life in Me is a podcast where we'll discuss untouched topics related to inclusivity, social consciousness, and self-improvement. So we'll be talking about all different ways that we can become more educated and empowered and how we can evolve as people by better understanding our own situations as well as others and the world at large. Um, so today we'll be dabbling in topics related to beauty, fashion, and media, and how we perceive beauty and all of those things. Um, so I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Hannah. Um, I'm a 20-something curved female who's post-grad working in the mental health industry, um, and I have a little bit of experience with beauty and fashion, starting complexity and being a makeup artist and getting into modeling here and there. Um, also, I'm a Leo. If that means anything to you, cool. If not, keep it moving. I don't want to hear it. Three words to describe myself would be um, passionate, ambitious, and probably pretty sensitive. So again, don't go there. Um, and then ways that I'm looking to change the world or at least evolve in the future are to continue my education and keep broadening my horizons, meet my career goals, and become a clinician someday in the future and to change my space and gain my independence um, and transition to a full-time New Yorker. So those are just some things about me. And I'd like to welcome our guest, Paola, the lovely Paola, one of my loveliest and most influential friends. So you can hear a little bit about her as well. Well, thank you for having me. My name is Paola. Like she said, um, I am a mid-20-something-year-old. You're an early 20-something-year-old. So we, you know... When she says influential, I try not to think old is what you're saying to me. But no, even not I'm, old, not old. I know, but like I'm, I'm having like a almost quarter life crisis because I'm 24, so I'm like, ah, it's coming. I'm going over the pasture with all the other cows. But um, so yeah, I'm 24. I'm also post grad. I've been working in the social services arena as well. Um, I don't want to do clinical or um therapy based uh, services, but definitely want to help in the community more community organization um but yeah i am a capricorn which means i am an earth sign i'm not too sure if me and you are compatible according to the charts but i think you're fun i fucks with you um so it does matter to me that you're a leo you have great big leo energy i'm a cap um three things that to describe myself i definitely am bubbly i'm very talkative i don't know when to shut up and sometimes i have tunnel vision and i don't understand certain things so that's something that i definitely want to work on so that's like super apt description <laughs> could have chosen better words could have chosen better words but yeah that's that's little me three things that i'm work would like to work on like i said tunnel vision i definitely want to be able to be more perspective taking less judgy i'm a real judgmental judy um i i i know other people have different life different things that have affected them so they take different choices but sometimes I'm like you're stupid why'd you do that and I'm trying to stop that Hannah I don't want to be that person to judge you I just because I want to be I want to be the person that goes I don't agree with it but cool but I'm not like that I I see I don't agree with it you're stupid (laughs) so but you can recognize that some people are like no I'm cool I'm objective and then they're out here like hmm I'm a real judgmental Judy, I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm a slut-shaming Sally, so... But we're not <laughs> talking about that today. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an uh, soon-to-be... Is it anti- or former slut-shamer? That's, that's my goal for... That's 20- the goal. That's <laughs> the goal, yes. Um, okay, so let's get into our topics. So we'll be talking about, again, like I said, um, beauty and fashion taboos. And the ones that we're going to speak directly on today are acne, um, asymmetrical features and body types and unconventional body types or underappreciated ones. Um, Something big that I've noticed over the years being into beauty and fashion and whatnot is noticing that I feel like there's never any representation for people who have acne. You watch a movie, you look at a magazine, you see people in advertisements and all these different things. And I have to say, I've really never seen somebody with acne, at least even mild or moderate, not even touching on chronic, severe, um, cystic acne I've never seen that before and I feel like even though people are you know including different body types different skin tones people of different races and ethnicities and uh, even religions now I think that's great and amazing but I still have yet to see people with skin conditions be represented by the masses and according to the American Academy of Dermatology 
Um, acne affects 50 million people only in America. This is only counting America. 50 million Americans suffer from at least mild acne. And 85% of people between ages 12 and 24 experience at least minor acne. And if that's the case, that's well over half. That's significant and that's the, major that's the majority of people. Um, they're not seeing people who look like them, people who are experiencing acne. And it's very untalked about. And you know, you see a lot of photos being retouched and video obviously being retouched as well and I'm just thinking to myself I am somebody who has environmental acne and hormonal acne and sometimes it does it's out of control for me but I know in you know the grand scheme of things it's not too bad compared to how other people have it but I still feel like wow I can't relate to people who I admire um, who don't have acne because that's not my experience. I still struggle with trying to clarify my skin and you know I do tie a lot of my self-worth personally to how my skin looks and it really shouldn't be that way um, And I just wanted to know if you have any comments in mm -hmm. regards to that like being like seeing people represented who have acne so um, So I will have to like point out that even though I might talk junk about having a pimple here or there I generally have very clear skin. So I that's never been an issue for me so when I see people on television and I don't see pimples, it doesn't like, the light bulb doesn't go off. So when I hear people complaining about it, I've learned to just, you know, it's time to like listen to them. And that's very much true. I didn't realize for people, it would stop them from doing things like going out or taking opportunities. But somebody who's also bigger, like a plus size person or fat, whatever word or ad adjective you'd like to describe me, I understand that that's my plight. So I could imagine that. I can wear clothes to make me feel better or better adjust my body shape, but I think with people with acne, it's kind of hard because people expect your face to be smooth at all times, and then if you wear makeup, it does show texture, and then people are like, don't wear makeup because it makes it worse, but wear makeup because I don't want to see your pimples, so I completely understand what you're saying, and I mean, I'm definitely wanting to like learn more about people who deal with this. And being involved in the makeup community and everything, um, I see a lot of people being like, oh, this is the type of product for somebody with clear skin. Or, oh, like if you're acne prone, this is not necessarily for you. Or like, this is what you will or won't like. And I kind of feel like, you know, that's not fair because, again, makeup initially was created for people to cover up imperfections, not necessarily to enhance their beauty. And I mean, yes, I'm talking, like, obviously, ancient cultures and civilizations use makeup for different reasons, for celebratory mm -hmm. reasons, but, you know, modern makeup as we know it now was meant to hide imperfections, some of those being redness, rosacea, acne, um, dark marks, anything related to, you know, flawed, quote, flawed skin, um, or undesirable features that people wanted to hide or mask or counter-correct and I just I think it's unfair not only to say like people with acne can't be represented in fashion beauty um, media as a whole but on top of that they're also um, like they're being told what they can and can't wear in the beauty field as a whole anyways it's like that was who yeah. the demographic was targeted for so we stopped talking around talking about <clears throat> Like, people not being um, showcased, people who have acne or, like, skin imperfections and how that's Do just not Do you know seen. the one time or the one... The only time I see people represented with acne is, like, for commercials or, like, proactive. Like, it's to end acne. It's never like, hey, I'm a main character in this really funny, romantic, comedy sitcom. It's like, hey, I'm Kendall Jenner. I'm Adam Levine. And I almost hated you know, performing because I had pimples. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you're literally telling people you felt like your acne was impairing your success, that it was going to stop you from get, be going places and succeeding at things. And it's like, well, if Adam Levine can't, you know, um, handle a couple pimples on stage where people really can't zoom on his face, how can I be successful when people are going to see me, you know, it might be a foot or two away from my face and they can see every pimple pour and crater on my face and they're going to be judging me so um I yeah I agree I don't know but then at the same time I think to myself I feel like I'm not as confident when my skin's acting up and even it, though it has nothing to do with my job literally nothing to do with my job at all I'm not in the public eye like that nor do I want to be but I still feel less than confident 
and I would be lying if I said I didn't try to clear my skin, but, you know, I think it's different when you're kind of perpetuating the narrative to, like, hate yourself or hate Mm -hmm. how you see yourself, at least, um, or being like, oh, I love myself when my acne is gone. And it's like this conditional relationship that you have with like your own reflection and mm-hmm. your perception of self. It's, yeah, it, it's interesting because some people have skin issues that they want to fix because it's like a condition. It's an actual um, dermatological condition. Mm-hmm. And then other people are just like, you know, I've just struggled um, people take me serious because of acne or whatever the reason is like I think objectively most people if they had the option to not have acne they would opt out obviously but I don't know it's just interesting how it impacts other things like it impacts how we see ourselves how confident we feel and it can even hinder things like how other people see you in terms of like getting a job or like you know because to some degree, people think, oh, if you have acne, you must not be taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. When it couldn't be farther from the truth. I see people who have clear skin who don't even understand, can't wrap their minds around the idea of washing their face daily. To them, they're like, well, I have clear skin, so why would I do that? It's a matter of like... You're disgusting if you do that. You're a whole nasty-ass bitch if you do that. I'm sorry, can I curse here? Yeah. You're a whole nasty-ass bitch. I'm going to tell you something right now. The, uh, the appearance of being clean and being clean are two different things. Just because you don't smell musty and dusty does not mean you can opt out of washing your face or washing your ass. You need to do both on the daily. And in the summer, do it twice. You want to know why? Sweat. Wow. So that's some, that's some real, that's some lukewarm tea. That's a, a, a warm take. Ooh. Really a hot take. But, you know, I agree. Third degree I, hot. Okay. I agree. I agree. I think cleanliness is a virtue. I feel like you should take pride in being clean, not clean to the extent that like you're harming your moisture barrier because that's T2. But, you know, just keeping up with yourself, taking pride in being like, I deserve to be clean. I deserve to take care of myself. I deserve these ritualistic tendencies, you know, to... I feel rich when I scrub my face. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, look at me. I'm a real luxurious. Yeah, right? Luxurious. I just feel luxurious. Sorry, Like you're taking care of yourself. Not like you're doing it because you're punishing yourself. You know, I didn't know people just would throw water on their face and call it washing their face. And that, and I... I That is wetting your skin. That's not washing anything. Oh my god. You're really, getting wet. There was like a period. Article, there was an article in Cosmopolitan about like how um that the trend is washing your face for with soap for three minutes. And I'm like, who wasn't doing this before? The exactly. same thing about like when people were talking about they don't wash their legs or I'm like, I keep learning about these different Let things. the water trickle down. And no. Like, no. That's secondhand soap. That's what that is. That is not washing. That no. is negligence in the bathroom. That's what that is. And I'm like, have you ever washed your legs? Have you ever washed your face? Do you have like years of like bacteria and like who taught you that? How um, who taught you how to improperly bathe? Because um, they failed you. They did. They if, did. If your mom didn't wash your legs when you were three or four years old and you're 25, what is going on? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I keep distracting you. No, 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 no. This is an interesting conversation, especially. I mean. Uh, hmm. I don't want to make this generalization, but I feel like a lot of males I speak to, especially younger males, don't understand the concept of, like, cleanliness. And not saying, like, all the dudes I know are dirty. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just, like, the idea of, like, washing your scalp, washing your face, washing everything. It's just, like, sometimes lost. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I shower every day. And I'm like, but you, what do you, like, you actually get in there, like, swimwear and actually wash the surface? I don't know if that's what's happening. But, again, I think all these things, like, come down to, again, like, people being perceived as, like, clean and healthy versus people being seen as unhealthy and and dirty to some extent. And, like, acne is one of those things where, like, people perceive people to be dirty or unwell or they don't care for themselves. But I feel like a lot of people who have acne, they're self-conscious and it's the opposite because they're constantly reminded by themselves and by other people telling them that their skin is a problem that they may overcompensate or work extra hard to counter that by having a really solid skincare routine, you know, educating themselves on ways to like effectively care for themselves and things like that. And then people who have clear skin may just let their skincare or whatever fall by the wayside because they're like, I'm going to have good skin regardless and no one's going to perceive me as dirty when it comes to my skin because my skin's clear. So no one can come for me 
whether I wash my face or not. And like, I'm not the authority on skincare or anything like that. To, like, I have no experience in esthetician. Esthetic, I, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I have no experience in professional skincare or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, I think it's good to educate yourself on how to take care of yourself. And as you get older, you can continue to make the excuse like, oh, I didn't know. No one ever taught me. But, like, you're an adult, so teach yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I think that goes with everything, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I think also, too, it's interesting because now I'm starting to see, I don't know if you guys, if, you, if you've witnessed this, but um, starting to see different like fashion and beauty brands sort of like I don't know if this is pandering or if this is genuine but people being like oh acne's in and I'm like whoa 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 hold pump the brakes real quick because Mm -hmm. for the longest time acne was like this big taboo and even to this day I've never seen a movie where there was you know leads with acne Mm -hmm. unless it wasn't part of the storyline and they were suffering and then they had like a glow up and then you know something like something like that but I've never seen people you know, in major ad campaigns with acne, more than just a single pimple, you know, think of your faves, like, once people get glow-up money, and they're, you know, wealthy to some degree, they do those skincare um, treatments and things like that, and they work constantly with their esthetician and dermatologist to make sure that they don't have skin imperfections, Mm -hmm. so that even when they're not wearing makeup, you may be like, well, their face doesn't look good, but, like, their skin does. You know what I'm saying? professionals, even if they had pimples, to have the great lighting when they take your photos. They do Photoshop. Yeah. I mean, let's take Kim Kardashian. She's, like, I guess what we would consider, like, the pinnacle of, like, everything sexy and beautiful and, like, aesthetically pleasing. She's a gorgeous woman, and, like, she is what we would consider aesthetically, conventionally attractive, and I think that's something... I don't want people to think when you say conventionally attractive that that person is always the most beautiful thing on the planet of the earth and you're not because you're not considered that. But that's the consensus is that most people can look at her and find her attractive. Like she, her, her image appeals to Western beauty standards. Yes. And to an extent, Eastern beauty standards as well. Um, She's a beautiful woman and like we can all agree on that, but we also know like she gets help. So it's like um, she had that whole body line because she has... um, what is it? Psor- uh, psoriasis. And it's like really bad and it actually started creeping up to her face now. And it's like, you know what? That's normal. Some people's bodies act up and have these skin disorders. Or like, um, you think about Winnie Harlow. She has, um, what is it? Vertigo. Or no. Vitiligo. Vitiligo. And um, she made a, a, a career out of being the girl with that. And I don't know if that's pandering, but I think she's a beautiful woman. And it's like... I don't know if it's pandering if you're an individual who has it and use it to your advantage and, and embrace it. I think it's more pandering when you say to yourself, okay, from a marketing standpoint, people have been oppressed, whether they're oppressed by the masses or they're oppressing themselves or they're really insecure about this particular feature that has been deemed socially unacceptable or dirty or mm-hmm. ugly or whatever, undesirable for whatever reason. And now people flip the script and say, you know what? There's a hole in this market and we can infiltrate that and we can get that capital by saying you know what nah this is cool and we're gonna appeal to inclusivity that way and be like you know we've told people for years by not representing them and by ignoring the fact that something that 85 percent of people from ages 12 to 24 again in the u.s and 50 million people in the u.s like currently deal with acne and it's so prevalent clearly but we're just going to pretend it doesn't exist and if you have it we're going to either work to conceal that or we're just not you're just not going to be included in this conversation um it, it's i i don't know and and now now people are like oh we're the cool brand we feature people with imperfections cuz we're real and it's like I want to believe that that's coming from a good place, but at the same time, I also know that it's profitable because people have pushed them out of the market for so long. People Mm -hmm. have ignored the fact that people have skin issues. And again, not everybody has, like, you know, really noticeable skin issues. Um, But even, like, moderate acne, having, you know, what would be, like, one to four pimples a month, like, still, like, like, you know, uneven texture... Uh, discoloration, hyperpigmentation, hypopigmentation, freckles, things like that. Like, you know, especially freckles now, I feel like are even making a quote, a comeback. And, you know, it's just interesting how people 
find trends in like body features and skin features it's almost problematic in its own way because it's like what about the people who actually have those things you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and who felt they couldn't embrace it for the longest time and now people are just popping up and making a lane for them yes but at the same time we have to be conscious of why they're making a lane for them if it's to profit obviously Mm -hmm. use at your own discretion but you know, if it seems genuine to you or genuine enough, then, you know, support where you can or where you want to. Um, and speaking of these um, these brands that are trying to be more inclusive and conscious and um, flip the script on, like, acne representation and seeing people with skin imperfections and, like, quote, real skin. Um, as of 2018, CVS Pharmacy... Um, pledged to stop retouching their campaigns. So any campaigns that you see in their pharmacy mm. as a whole, um, by CVS brand, I emphasize by CVS brand, um, are not retouched as of 2018. I mean, so that's, it is if it's a non-CVS brand, if it's, it is altered. And I have an issue with that whole thing too. Well, yeah. So any brands that they do work with that are not ex- exclusively CVS brand that they may collaborate with or they may stock in their stores, um, they have what is called a beauty mark banner to indicate um, untouched images. If they don't have that, you can pretty much assume if it's not CVS brand and it doesn't have the beauty mark banner, then they are retouched most likely. Um, but who knows? Like It's changing the direction of where things are going. But also CVS um, Pharmacy as a whole company is encouraging brands that they collaborate with um, to eliminate retouching. Or if not retouching at all, just don't feature people in your campaigns if that's what you want to avoid. They're really trying to say to the markets, um, to the to the brands that they work with, you know, even in things not related to beauty, even in just like their pharmacy section where there's like people taking you know, certain medications, like even like allergy campaigns, like they're not retouching those images as well, which I think is positive. I think it's good. Um, other brands to note, um, Dove and Seventeen Magazine and Aerie also have, um, been in the hot seat for not retouching Seventeen Magazine and Aerie specifically vow as of, I'm not sure what year it was, but as of semi-recently within the last five or so years that they would absolutely not Photoshop any of their images that they produce. So I think that's a really positive image. Again, you know, there are some caveats to that. Obviously, um, they're selectively choosing the people mm-hmm. um, who are in their campaigns uh, knowing that they're not going to Photoshop them. So that's something in itself to be mindful of. But in, I think, generally speaking, I would say that that seems like it's moving in the right direction. Like, would you say you agree or do you have like qualms with that as well? I think it's just what you said, if they selectively pick people, I think there are certain things as a human, as a group, we have to just talk in reality they're always going to pick people who are conventionally attractive right they're never going to pick somebody where they feel like someone might like go her really him they might pick one or two people who have like what we're thriving for maybe they'll pick someone with a pimple here or there or maybe even that being severe but they'll pick somebody who even with that acne maybe have the perfect symmetrical face or they have this great hair they're not stupid about who they're picking and i think that's what it is and i just but am i mad about it no because you want to make money for first and foremost when we talk about any type of business we talk about having um morals and like yeah a brand can have morals but their first initiative is to make money mm-hmm. and they're gonna do that by selling you a dream and i think we also as people need to hold ourselves accountable when we buy shit to go okay she looks like that she and i might have these similar um maybe skin tone maybe texture but i also have to understand that it's not going to look like that on me and i've had issues when i buy mascara i remember recently i was like passing by a cover girl and i hate this that they use um lashes that you um falsies on these girls while they're promoting mascara brand a uh, mascara and it's like how the fuck am i ever gonna have eyelashes that touch my eyebrows if i'm not wearing lashes like that just doesn't work so they're a business i'm not mad at it i do like that there's a transparency and i think that's what i can appreciate it but i also understand who they're gonna pick mm-hmm. and i'm not mad in that aspect i just gotta know that if i want to try something i i should try something before i buy it and just know that you know what if they're pandering you know, either I don't buy their stuff. And also another thing, I think there's this whole, like, need to buy stuff all the time. Like, oh, they just dropped 55 shades. I don't give a shit if you just dropped 55 shades. I don't want to buy your brand, period. Period. Like, Anastasia Beverly Hills just dropped it. And, like, that looks cool. 
I'm not rushing to go get it. Um, same thing with Fenty Beauty. I love it. Not gonna it. lie, I rushed to get both. But you know what? It's a bad B's birthday, so but exactly. that's but you know what? It's Leo that's, season. It's I think it's whatever. <laughs> what I think is we have this machine or two machines that are feeding each other. You have a group of people who want a pipe dream sold to them, mm-hmm. and you have um, another machine that's going to do that. And we're trying to find the balance of like, okay, let's not sell this over sexualized, over perfect, over everything, over airbrush, over Photoshop image. But this group over here also doesn't understand like, as long as you're giving them your dollar, they're gonna keep doing it. It's making the money. Mm-hmm. They're gonna milk that cow till it's dry. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. And that's what I think. It's just, I don't want people to. Um, make these companies or heroes and be like, yes, they're doing such a great job and they're doing the, the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. The bare minimum. Yeah. I think I think it would be really interesting to see... Um, like, I know ASOS was doing something where they would show models who were standard size and then plus size and then petite in the same sort of clothing so you could see what they look like on different, you know, body shapes. And I think the same thing could be applied for different skin types, skin tones, and everything like that. Um... We're making progress on the skin tone by these shade ranges, shade ranges expanding and everything. But when I'm, I'm not seeing myself personally seeing people with different skin textures, different skin issues wearing these products. Who, again, these products were originally meant for those people, and now it's like, you know, there's sort of that rhetoric like, oh, well, if you have bad skin anyways, what do you think you're gonna do with foundation or makeup or skincare? Like, you're still gonna have acne. Why are you even trying? I think, and I really think we should get away from that and just accept people as they are. And also get away from the fact that, like, their skin is their identity. Because, you know, like, yes, most people have skin on their face. Um, and the truth of the matter is, though, like, while we think about our appearance often and we may judge people off their appearance initially, um, but it's not the whole of what and who they are, um, what they look like. So. Even if we can get away from, you know, the vanity aspects. And listen, I know this is the pot calling the kettle black. I'm really into makeup. I'm really, you know, I care about what I look like. Um, but even myself, I would like to stop attaching so much of my self-worth um, based on how I look. And that's just something I'm working towards. But I think if we get away from appearance as much and really dig deeper then there's like a lot more ground that we can cover because the truth of the matter is is are we ever going to have perfect skin if it's not pimples it's going to be stretch marks or it's going to be dark marks or it's going to be our skin is dull or it's going to be something else that we're going to compartmentalize and and pick ourselves apart and say oh well we will be worthy when this happens and then Mm -hmm. we achieve that we achieve skin clarity or we achieve this or we achieve that and still we're unhappy with ourselves so Maybe the meaning is not in how our skin looks or how it looks to other people. Um, and it's good that we're getting away from, like, you know, doing, having clear skin, doing makeup to please other people. We're doing it for ourselves as creative expression, as, yeah. you know, keeping ourselves well-kept and, and whatever, whatever the reason mm-hmm. may be. But also just distancing ourselves as people from how we look and how we present ourselves to the world. And that's something I think people can benefit from there's people who i believe truly have mastered it and you know everybody's mm-hmm. off days but i think there's people who really separated how they look from their art or their knowledge or mm-hmm. their sense of self and that's something that i think the world at large could benefit from because obviously beauty sells mm-hmm. um sex appeal sells all these things, people can be really materialistic and really artificial and just, Mm. like, go off of what somebody looks like. Beauty is skin deep, though, so there's so much more to a person. And I know, myself, no matter if people think I'm beautiful, ugly, somewhere in between, I'm not going to be remembered my whole life, my whole legacy, if if you can even call it that, will not be, like, based on how I looked. I just know that it won't. Like, whether I was loved, liked hated or somewhere in between it's going to come down to that and like how I impacted the people that I interacted with it's not going to be oh my god she's so beautiful because how sad would it be if you felt like you were making gains and like changing lives and doing things to better your own situation and your families and people just were like she's really pretty how demeaning would that be you know what I mean so it's a double-edged sword you finally get the confidence to be like I'm okay with how I look but also that's the only thing people see about me you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so I don't know. It's There's a lot that we can discuss about that. But in addition to acne being as taboo of a topic as it is in fashion and beauty, there's also other things that are less talked about. 
For example, something I thought that was really interesting was asymmetry and asymmetrical features, particularly facial features. Um, Bustle, which is a um, media company similar to BuzzFeed, but on a smaller scale, they published an article um, um, in 2016 of nine reasons to embrace facial asymmetry. And I thought it was really interesting and it had some key takeaways. Um, a lot of it was lighthearted, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, if you have a selfie and you take from one side or the other, you look like a completely different person. Um, and there's like levels to that and there's uniqueness, but also the intrigue of somebody looking at you and being like, wow, like, you know, one eye is like this mm-hmm. and one eye is like that. And it just kind of draws people in because people are curious. Um, it's just interesting to see from that perspective because I think to myself, I'm a huge Office fan, and I remember the episode called Prince Family Paper where they have the debate over if Hillary Swank is attractive. And I remember Oscar specifically said, um, he spoke to facial symmetry, and he was saying um, she's objectively pretty, but she's not hot because her face was not as symmetrical as it could be. And he based, as well as the other people, their opinion if they were on the fence, his opinion of whether somebody's overall beauty was directly, um, the deciding factor revolved completely around facial symmetry. And I think to myself, I look at myself in pictures, you know, and I'm like, one eye is definitely bigger than the other, you know, like, Oh my God, I'm looking at your face right now. And me and my, my cousin are looking at her face right now. I'm gonna, I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes Hannah says says stuff about herself and I'm just like, okay. I'm not saying to pick myself apart, but I'm being realistic with myself. You know, browse our sisters, not twins. Think of all these things that we say to ourselves, really to comfort ourselves, saying like, saying that asymmetry is okay because for a lot of people myself included at times like you're you look at yourself and the more you look at yourself the more critical you become Mm -hmm. and think about like oh you know even myself I'm like I want my brows to be twins I don't I know people be like oh they're sisters they're cousins no I know I'll be the first to admit I want them to be sisters and it really goes to that deeper like rhetoric about having Mm -hmm. facial symmetry and what that means and I don't know that many people that I look at and initially notice if their face is symmetrical or they're not symmetrical. I think because that's attraction is um, subconsciously, it takes you a while. Like, I feel like also, so why do we find people with asymmetrical faces more beautiful than, or not, we find them attractive. I don't want to say more beautiful than others. Just, there's a lot of biological reasons as people. And I'll, tell, I'll discuss two of them. Okay. So one of them is the evolutionary advantage of facial symmetry. So Penn State in 2014 published an article about um, the evolutionary origins of facial symmetry and why it was important. So how that relates to attractiveness and people looking for potential mates. So basically symmetry over, you know, the course of evolution has been associated with good health um, and therefore as a marker that drives reproduction and stimulates attractiveness to others there's another theory called perceptual bias and that's as simple as people can't there are um it suggests that people's eyes are hardwired to process facial um images and information more easily if people's faces are symmetrical so if people's faces are different on one side than the other it's harder for me looking at somebody with an asymmetrical face to process their features which again can speak to the interestingness and the mystery behind somebody who doesn't have perfectly mm-hmm. symmetrical features. So again, there are these biological theories to break down the reasons as to why people think facial symmetry mm-hmm. is ideal and why facial asymmetry is less than ideal. And it's interesting, and I can see why that's the case, but again, culture and language constantly evolve, so why can't we break this mold saying, oh, this girl, her, like, you know... One cheekbone's higher than the other, or like mm-hmm. the, her brows look different. Why can't we get over that? Like, why is it so? Mm-hmm. And we may not come out and say like, "Oh, this person's face is asymmetrical," but we'll be drawn to why people's faces facial features are different. Like, oh, this person's top lip is bigger than their bottom mm-hmm. lip, or whatever. And it's like it it bothers people it to does. some extent. You know, it's just interesting. I just don't like. I would like to get to a point where people could listen. I would like to live in a magical world where people don't judge people based on their the way that they look. But we don't know that that's the case because you see they um, are prejudiced against people of color. There's prejudice against women. There's prejudice against trans women. People judge people based on how they look. It's just, it's like very innate for us to just look at somebody and say, okay, this person is 
looks put together. This person smells good or this, that, and the fourth. And the truth of the matter is there's going to be times where people look at me. I'm like, she's really not that cute. And, the, and I'm just saying, it, it happens. And I'm not saying that this is, I'm just saying, people, and I have to go, you know what? That's okay. You don't have to find me attractive. And I think that's where I would like the conversation to go. It's more like, well, why can't we break the mode of uh, make everything look attractive? We have to get to the point where, guess what? Sometimes people aren't considered attractive, and that's okay. They, like you were saying, like you don't want to die, and someone be like, well, that was a really pretty person. Because guess what? Beauty doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't pay your bills. Well, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does pay your bills. Shout out to you ladies, you know. Tricking. You know who you are. You know who you are. But, you know, get to the point where it's like, I'm okay. I do have this asymmetrical face. And some people are not going to find it attractive. That's A-okay. And I'm still a good person. Other people are going to find me attractive. The person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, or the people, if you believe in polyamory or whatever, are going to find me attractive. The people who matter are. And it's okay for people not to find me attractive. And if they do, that is okay. Because I could turn around and be like, you're not that cute either, boo. Instead of saying, like, let's make everything attractive. It's okay. Mm-hmm. There are times where I will look at a girl, I'm like, wow, she's so pretty. And I'm like, really, her? Because it's just something about, you know, mm-hmm. you might have a little quirk or whatever that someone really likes. Or, like, something that's different. Like, freckles. A couple years ago, that might have not been cool. I remember this kid or this model was talking about how when he was little, people used to call him, like, banana. Because he had a lot of freckles. And, like, now people think that's super cute. I think guys with freckles are the most adorable thing on the planet of the earth. But and maybe in 10 years that will change with everybody else. But I've always thought they were cute. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just want people to... On the grand scheme of things, right? You have people who are extremely conventionally attractive. Where we can say, this person as a collective group, that's a pretty person. And then you have people collectively who can say they're unattractive, right? And then you have most of us, which lands, land in the middle. It's okay to be in the middle, and I think people think being average is being mediocre or that if you're not this stupendously beautiful person, you know, you're, you failed at being a woman. And it's like, no, most of us bitches are average and that's a-okay. That's fine. That's perfectly like, that's the mm-hmm. most of us are like that. Mm-hmm. We're not supermodels. We're not 5'10". Like that is like maybe 5% of the universe of the, of the population. Mm-hmm. The bottom and, five, too. The 10%, the rest of us, the other 90% of us are yeah. average people who have either a little bit higher cheekbone, maybe we have a little wonky eye, maybe our eyebrows aren't twins, or, you know, you have crooked teeth. Literally, I've seen it, for me personally. I've looked at someone, I'm like, that person is too attractive. I've literally, listen, there are days where I look at Michael B. Jordan, and I'm like, he is too attractive that it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I do not like it. Like, I don't like it. I'm just like, there needs to be something off. There needs there needs to be something that's, like, different. But he looks per, like perfection, and it does not make me attracted to him. And I'm like, if we all try to, like, push towards that, that's stupid. But also, if we, like, we try to, like, pretend like everyone's beautiful inside and out, that's also lying to ourselves. Sometimes it's not going to be all, all right out in the front, if that makes sense. It's just... It's okay not to be the most beautiful person or the most cutest or have 10 million people think you're attractive. You don't need 10 million people to find you attractive. Mm-hmm. That's not going to pay your bills. I mean, it does if you're an Instagram model. But generally speaking, yeah, it is okay to have what we consider normal average features. And you know, sometimes I see this with couples. And you know me. If anybody knows me, I don't really care about other people's relationship. That's you. I'm not in it. Don't need to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you if you have one. Kudos to you if you don't. But either way, I'm indifferent. I don't need to know the ins and outs. But I see this a lot. People will compare people who are in a relationship together. And they'll be like, oh, this person's way too attractive for this person. What is, is there something wrong with them as the more attractive person? Mm-hmm. Or if they're the less attractive person, they'll say, oh, what did they do to get them? Oh, they must as have a great personality. Yeah. yeah. And somebody, people will be like, oh, they must have a great personality. And it's like this backhanded compliment. Maybe they really do. And maybe, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the initial attraction was based on physical... Um, attraction but even still it's like perpetuating this thing and it's all these like microaggressions that even I catch myself in and I'm sure a lot of people the more conscious you become Mm -hmm. you pick up on these things and you're like oh shoot I'm part of the problem too and Mm -hmm. it's all based on how we're socialized but again we got to catch ourselves and say that's messed up Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be thinking this I need to stop myself and become more self-aware when I have these thoughts but is it messed up to think that way that's what I'm saying like 
it is okay for you not to find someone cute. And no, that's not what I'm saying. I think to judge somebody and perceive their worth or their value or their efficacy and whatever it is that they do as a person and judge them on that based on their appearance, I think is wrong. I, I think, think to act on it is wrong because I think there are times where you might just look at them and you're like, ah. And, and that's, maybe that's vanity. Like, I think we all as human beings have like these really flawed characteristics. And I'm not saying, oh, be a, van- a, 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 a person who, who's only attracted to beauty, but sometimes you will say things like, what was she wearing? Or like, I think the minute you decide like to go on Instagram and try to like roast somebody or try to like say, that's, that wig wasn't it, sis, or this, that, and the fourth. Like, I was watching this girl on, on, um, Instagram. She's a beautiful girl. And she did like a hair tutorial. And people were like, oh, that bun wasn't it, sis. What are you doing? Like, and it's like, that's my problem where you feel like you can come over here and, you know, exert your opinion on me and my mm-hmm. life. Keep your opinions to yourself. Opinions- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like to an extent, I'm like, who am I to have this opinion mm-hmm. about something that doesn't involve me? And even if people ask me my opinion, which is rare, but even if people ask me, I think to myself, like, what does that even mean? It's not going to change anything, nor do I want people's life to change based solely on my opinion. But it's just something that I recognize, like, am I allowed to have this opinion? Maybe it's yes, maybe it's no. But either way, I don't want it to impact other people's life because anyone can have an opinion. You don't have to have prerequisites or any credentials to have an opinion. And let's be honest, a lot of people's opinions are uninformed. So I don't know. I mean... I don't know. People can have any type of opinion, positive, negative, somewhere in between. And some people feel the need to express it the more polarized it is. You know, you see people, again, in social media constantly, like, praising people um, for, you know, like, their beauty or, like, having a lifestyle that is, like, you know, desirable and whatnot. And being like, oh, my God, yes. Like, you're living your best life. Like, congratulations. Or, like, wow, you're really moving up and glowing up in the world. And that's great. But at the same time, if people are doing some stuff, maybe that's not even messy. They're just, like, doing them, but people don't agree with it. They're like, oh, my God, you need to stop, like, all this stuff. And they put in their two cents or five cents or sometimes even 25. They have too much of an opinion that nobody asked for. And I'm just saying there's good and there's bad with that. But this girl commented on the video. She goes, your makeup ain't it. And that bun dot 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 not even going to comment on this girl's video, mind you. This girl, her, she's like this beautiful girl with this big curly blonde hair. Um, her, she did like a bun, and it's not like the sleekest or whatever, but like whose hair is always perfect all the time? See, that's my problem. Like, keep your opinions to yourself, you know? Because here's my problem. And again, maybe this is, if you ever clicked on those people who comment on other people on Instagram, you're like, your makeup isn't it, sis. Like, if we're gonna, if we, if, if this mm-hmm. is the measurement of attractiveness, you're not hitting the mark, are But you there? know what? The people who feel inclined to say that, they definitely are projecting their own insecurities, and that's the point. Yeah. Because they've been taught to be insecure, or they've somebody showed them how to do that. There was this girl like, okay. us, this, us pretty girls, or whatever, or, like, she was commenting about someone else, and, like, I was being messy. So I clicked on it, like, let me see who this girl, what this girl looks like. She wasn't it either. And it's like, who are you? Who, like... Where do you get off, you know, coming over here trying to um um break somebody down mm-hmm. when you're you're not a supermodel and if if that's the measurement you that's what I'm saying like you have right. to hold yourself to the same measurement that you're other people. If you want to be criticizing people for their hair, your hair better be on point every mm-hmm. day. I don't want to catch you slipping at Walgreens because that's the day I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna rip you a new one. Buying maxi pads or whatever, you know, you're not gonna be exactly. dressed to the nines. And if you are, I'm judging you too, boo. But the truth of the matter is, you're not no one, anything. nobody on God's green earth could break me down like I could break me down on a bad day, mm-hmm. and no one can lift me up like I can on a good day. Mm-hmm. So I really don't need the opinions of others to inform my opinion of myself. And you know, over the years, I've gotten a stronger sense of self and people mm-hmm. have been less able to change my mind, not in like a conscious way, but just like how I feel about myself, mm-hmm. which I think is good. But at the same time, we all have things to work on. But let somebody come in my Instagram page where I have like uh, four followers, but let one of those four come through and comment something even slightly messed up. Like, like, nice to see you today, but I don't know them. I'll be like, Skirt! nope, next. Or somebody would be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you're coming at me sideways or what, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to shut it down. Zero tolerance policy 
for any messy behavior. Again, I could do the criticism thing. Mm-hmm. I could do bad all by myself. I don't need you to do that for me. I got it. I'm all set. Yeah. I'm a, I have a degree in this also. Mm-hmm. It's a minor, but I got it. So, yes. Um, and the last topic that I think is important to talk about is unconventional body types. Now, um, just some background. Um, in the 1920s, the creator of Lane Bryant, Lena Bryant, designed um, the first plus-size fashion. And she did so because she noticed the gap um, for plus-size fashion because mm-hmm. even though it wasn't the majority of the population, she noticed there was like standard petite and there was maternity wear, but plus-size women couldn't always wear maternity wear depending on where they carry mm-hmm. most of their weight or their curves or whatever. So, um, she really paved the way, um, and she was really influential. She was a businesswoman and designer, so she was really able to market those things well. And obviously, Lane Bryant has a lot of celebrity endorsements to this day, and is still popular, relatively Mm -hmm. speaking, with like, you know, maybe the 30-something plus-size crowd, not necessarily my demographic at this time, Mm -hmm. but maybe as I get older, people in like the curvy plus-size community will, you know, gravitate towards those things. Um, and then it sort of was like stagnant. She was kind of the only one for the next 50 or so years. And then in the mid 70s to the 90s, the plus size market started to grow and like people started realizing, oh my gosh, these people need clothes too. Wow. Shocking revelation. And then it's sort of more brands started to infiltrate the plus size market and get in the fashion scene. And then really within the last 10 years is when we start to see plus size fashion be what it is now mind you there's still different designs even in the same companies for plus size women versus people who are standard or petite sizes Mm -hmm. and there's still discrepancies for sure and some of those are microaggressions being like oh you wouldn't want to wear a tube top if you're if you have bigger bust or oh you wouldn't want to wear low-rise jeans if you have if you you know have thicker thighs or, or whatever but you know we're starting to see these formerly unconventional body types be considered in the conversation more and have clothes that are appropriate for work or appropriate for school or appropriate for nights out or appropriate for whatever you need those clothing for and even intimate apparel like it's really branched out and things like that it's no longer just victoria's secret um for the smaller end of plus size people or smaller end of big busted people um and Again, I'm not sure if this is problematic in nature because I don't know if this is like a trend or a fad or a pandering. Um, But I guess, you know, any progress is some progress. It's getting the step in the right direction. Yeah. But Um, what are your thoughts on this? So I actually follow this girl named Stella Williams. She's... um, I follow her too, yeah. um, And she's apple-shaped. And um, she's a a big woman. I'm not too sure. I think she wears like a size 20 or 22. Yeah. Yeah, 22 or 24, I think. Okay. So she has an apple shape, and I love that she is very adventurous with her clothes. These clothes, I and I get they come in a size 24, but they're not meant for us, like, at all. And that's what bothers me, and especially with the body com- uh, body positivity. You have people who are faking their positivity and like, okay, girl, I love your confidence. And it's like, shut up, bitch. You know, I knew what you meant. Yeah. You're just saying, wow, you're really trying it today, huh? That's yeah. what you're saying. And then there's people, like... We're like you shouldn't be wearing that because you're fat you need to go die in a hole and they have people like yes queen yes and there's not like granted i don't think i, I feel like i can go into someone's comments like girl great color on your skin but this isn't great on your shape i feel like there is no clothes meant for women who are apple shaped and apple shaped mm-hmm. people tend to have carry a, a lot of weight in their lower belly and that's nothing wrong with it but i'm just saying they the the clothes that we're we're seeing for plus size people are like fast fashion. You have the fashion novas, the pretty little things, and they look great on women who might be considered the in betweenies, who are like size twelve to fourteen, where they could uh, fit into straight sizes, who have um conventional hourglass or pear shape and um body shapes. So I think, I feel like they're doing the bare minimum. And there was this photo that um, Stella had posted and it was not a great photo not because she was wearing a bikini but because the bikini had started like slipping over right and I saw that photo I saw the photo and people were half of the people that's what I'm saying like their intentions were were, were why they I didn't like any of their comments it was like yes girl be confident and it was like it wasn't a good photo whoever took that photo was trifling 
should have said, hey, you know, what do you think about this photo? And then said, okay, these are the other ones. The other half were like, oh, they straight played you, sis, kind of like rubbing it in her face versus of saying, okay, maybe they took a photo where she was moving and it slipped. That wasn't a good photo. Mind your business, though. Mind mm-hmm. your business. She already sees it. She, she posted a video about how like she didn't know that was a photo going to be taken, but she has a good relationship with that company that she was modeling for. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they had maybe made that in a better um, fit for her shape, it wouldn't have done that in the photo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they need to learn how to photograph bigger women. I think that's another thing. Stop photographing us like you photograph skinny women. It's not the same. Stop making us wear clothes that were made for skinny women but are like the size 14s. That's not the case. See, that's see, that's where I don't know where I stand if I'm being like super transparent because part of that rationale is saying there's still limitations on plus size people that there aren't on people who are standard size. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if I look at a standard size person, you know, like some of my friends are standard size individuals and I think they don't really see the same insecurities that we may see you mm-hmm. and I in the dressing room. I don't want to speak for you, but maybe you can relate. Um, but, you know, I do think to myself, like, I'm never, like, I'm never going to wear low-rise sheets. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And part of it is because I don't like how my body looks in them, but also because I don't feel confident in them. Like, mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword. But I don't know. I think, like, I do place limitations when it comes to fashion and beauty on myself, but I want to get away from that. I want to dabble in more things and not be restricting myself or not have other people restrict me. And I I saw that photo, and I know what you're talking about, but I do like that she's unapologetic in the way that she carries herself in the fashion scene and as a model Mm -hmm. and, you know, does what she does. And, like, I do admire her confidence, not in a shady way. Mm -hmm. I really do because I would love to be there someday Mm -hmm. where I could wear whatever. And even if it's, quote, not meant for my body, I will still wear it and feel good in it because, Mm -hmm. again, we are the ones that create the standards or the people before us, but we also Mm -hmm. have the ability to change them. Yeah. Because even 50 years ago, you, you know, there may be, there was Lane Bryant, but you wouldn't see any thicker women in any ads you would never see that that was not acceptable which is mm-hmm. why you know you see people who are thicker now in ads and older people older than yeah. us are disturbed by it they're like oh my god how are they promoting this unhealthy mm-hmm. body image and i'm like so instead of just accepting ourselves and loving ourselves to maybe you know engage in healthy lifestyles and like education on health and nutrition and mm-hmm. you know body acceptance and body positivity we're going to hate ourselves and do things that are equally as unhealthy and work against ourselves yeah. and perpetuate this poor body image and then not have the motivation or the willpower to do it because we've repressed ourselves i don't understand that mentality and i think you know obviously that's the extreme but i mm-hmm. don't want to place those limitations so i see what you're saying i definitely know what you mean cuz again like for example like if you are somebody with bigger breasts and you need a bra you're not going to get one with spaghetti straps it's just Mm. not gonna it's just not gonna do what it needs to do but at the same time are you doing that because it you think it doesn't look good on you or because it's not actually functional i think that's that's the key piece that's what i'm saying like okay i here's the thing when i say it's not meant for your body shape i'm not saying oh if you have apple shaped body or a square body or this you can only wear a midi dress that hits your knee i'm saying when they make these garments garments i'm sorry i forget to pronounce them correctly whichever when they make these clothes you were not thought of in mind Mm -hmm. so it's not going to look the way they envisioned it right Mm -hmm. so if their ideal body is a 510 model who's 110 pounds and has a certain type of body they're going to tailor it to extenuate uh, um Word, extent, accentuate accentuate her shape whatever Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't mean necessarily making her look curvy it's just meant to look good right and if you go, okay, now let's make 10,000 of these dresses, but make it with more fabric to fit anyone who's like 12, size 12, size 14. It does not take into consideration that I'm a size 12, 14, and I'm 5'3", so what hits her knee is hitting my ankles. Exactly, and, exactly. Um, and like, the wear, it, like, I, I have bigger breasts, so like, when I pull down a shirt, it starts tight right here, so it does not, it's not functional. That's what I'm saying. It's not functional. It was not made with us in mind. We can wear it. I feel like if... I love what Tilla does. You can wear the fuck you want. I'm glad that she feels that way. Mm-hmm. That she's like, you know what? I don't care. You guys want to talk junk about, junk, bunk, junk about me? You guys are, half of you aren't even cute. Half of you aren't, aren't cute. And the other half are, are regular people. So we could wear whatever we want. What I'm saying is I don't want people to fall into that I can wear whatever I want mentality. And you're letting these fast fashion companies get away with, oh, we're still then going to make these dresses and these shirts not made 
with you in mind because mm-hmm. that's how they get away with the bare minimum because at right. the bare minimum all i have to do is make a dress for a size two and make it big enough to, to for exactly. a size 24 yeah and that's exactly. what bothers me and that's why i didn't like that that um that a uh, bathing suit it, it was like okay if you wear a bathing suit right you have to figure out what your bus size is if you uh, you know when i wear bathing suits i have to wear support i have to wear ones with um under wire bras it's just it's just what i need to do if someone threw a bathing suit that was made for my cousin Maciel, who's like 5'9 and really small, it's going to fit her body the way it should for her body. I need you to make something for me to fit my body the right way. Mm-hmm. So you, I feel good and I feel confident. I hope that nothing's popping out. But if you want it to pop out, you let it pop out. But mm-hmm. I don't think fast fashion, I don't think companies are really trying to make clothes that make us feel good and feel confident. And that's why when we go shopping online, you're right. like, oh, they put it on this girl, and it looks great on her on the Fashion Nova model, and then you put it on, it does not look anything like that on your body. I'm glad that we have apple-shaped women and all these other women being representative so I can actually say, okay, this is what it looks like on her body, this is what it might look like I'm on, mm-hmm. on mine, but I need you to make clothes that look good for me, by me, on this body, okay? And I also want to mention that where there's fuller bodies, there's... <laughs> greater ranges for variability so mm-hmm. again people carry differently there mm-hmm. are people who are pear shaped there are people who are apple shaped there are people who are hourglass shape and you could be hourglass and still be plus size i think people are like their minds are blown by that concept you can mm-hmm. still have a shape and it's just bigger mm-hmm. it just is on a bigger body mm-hmm. and you know there's people who are triangle shaped people are upside down triangle shaped people who are all these different shapes some people have boxier bodies more athletic builds some people have big arms and the rest of their bodies quote in proportion mm-hmm. you know some people are straight down but they have really large breasts um and like everybody has something different some people may be all hips some people mm-hmm. may be all butt whatever but the truth of the matter is is that there's a lot of variability and i feel like right now tell me if you agree that while we're seeing different size bodies, we're still seeing, again, even though people can't wrap their minds around this concept, what we're seeing are people who are like marginally pear shaped or hourglass, but yeah. are thicker women, um, may have like small or moderate sized breasts, small waists, larger hips, larger butt, larger thighs, mm-hmm. and that's like the approachable version of plus size that people are willing to embrace. People will be like, oh, I love thick girls, but they only love that type of thick girl. The popular type of thick that is acceptable at this time in the moment that is, like, Mm -hmm. desirable at this time. And it's sad because you still see the whole rest of the plus size community not being included and being like, okay, that's cool. We may weigh the same amount. You know, we may be the same height whatever but like we may be the same cup size whatever but our bodies look different in clothes if i was to wear the same shirt as even my friend paula you know and we have similar body shapes in some ways if we were to wear the same thing and i'm pretty sure we're the same size it would look real different it really would that's just the truth of the matter and like some tickle bitties well so here i'm gonna describe (laughs) hannah to you violating Hannah has an hourglass shape like she has really big boobs a tinier waist and then uh, she has full thighs like and her butt's big. It's bigger than mine. I have, um, I actually measure myself, and I, well, I'm considered a triangle or a pear shape, but I don't have the biggest butt. It's just my hips are a little bit wider than my chest. So the way it's in it, like when Hannah wears mom jeans, it hits at the waist the way you want it to. Like it cinches at the waist I want to. And then I'll try these mom jeans, and it doesn't look the same. Doesn't mean that I shouldn't wear mom jeans. It's just not going, I can't go in there thinking it's going to look like how it looks like on Hannah. It's just, it, ideally, I would like it to, but maybe mom jeans aren't for me. But if I want to, I want to. But I got to know in mind, it's not going to look like it looks like on your body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the one thing what we need to do when we go shopping. It looks great on the model or it might look great on our friend. If you want it to look great, you just have to come in to the realization. It doesn't Looking great on you doesn't mean it looks exactly the same on your friend. Mm-hmm. Just know that in mind. So that way you don't get disappointed. Mm-hmm. I literally bought these mom jeans at, at uh, American Eagle. I'm like... Hannah wears mom jeans and they look really cute <laughs> and I wore them and because I had that in mind I was disappointed and that's the thing too like I will be the first to well I I'm not very forthcoming with the phrase I love you and I know that but mm-hmm. I'm really appreciative of my friends and I think they're beautiful people inside and out and I'm really inspired by my friends and I think that's why they're my friends I need people in my circle who push me or inspire me to do more do better mm-hmm. and like grow as a person who offer me things that I don't necessarily see on my own or as easily and so Mm -hmm. 
it's easy for me to compare myself and be like, oh my God, this person has this or they're like this or they look like this. But at the same time, we all look really different. Mm -hmm. We're all at different places in our life, even though we're about the same age. We all have different skills and attributes to bring to the table. So it's like, who am I to compare myself even to the people Mm -hmm. who I'm closest with? It doesn't make any sense because I'll never be what you are and I'll never be what any of my other friends are and they'll never be what I am. And we can try to learn and like build each other up and stuff like that but we need to accept i'm still in this body and i'm still me at the end of the day just like you're still you Mm -hmm. and we deserve to be equally as confident as Mm -hmm. we want to be i deserve to be as confident as the most confident person period Mm -hmm. and our sourcing for our confidence may be different Mm -hmm. and maybe it's the same maybe we draw confidence from our Mm -hmm. like professional prowess or our education or our credentials or even our body image may play a part in that Mm -hmm. but still even though it's different that doesn't mean it's wrong or bad or undesirable or we can't accept because the truth of the matter is is even if I you know went under the knife or did the most like in terms of nutrition which sometimes I do I'm not gonna lie or like fitness and stuff even if I was to do those things like I still have to live with myself I still need to go to sleep and wake up the next day in this same body so what the f I look like hating myself and punishing myself for the rest of time um doing that and the average person in the U.S. lives to be 72 so I got a long way to go I have 50 Mm -hmm. years to hate myself, I think not. I think I'd rather do something different and just learn to accept myself and go up from there. Um, yeah, so. I agree. I concur. I give you snaps. 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 <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think this was like a really good discussion about unconventional bodies, acne exposure, and um, asymmetrical features. Because, again, I, I am starting to see more body sizes and shapes mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but I'm not, I'm not seeing people with skin imperfections to the rate that I see in my everyday life. And mm-hmm. I'm not seeing people with asymmetrical features to the same degree, unless it's like this quirky thing that's like profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but in like, I guess, closing arguments, um, like the wrap up of this whole discussion, um, for myself, I would say like, I'd like to see people that resemble me and the people that I love in media because like, while I don't think that their appearance is like the number one thing I love about them, but I do see beauty in them before and after I got to know their personality. And I think that there's That's positivity. Huh? That's American Eagle. They're, American Eagle, shout out to you. I actually they just dropped that whole line, that curvy line. And if you go on their Instagram page, they actually have women of different shapes and not just like size 12 curvy big butt. Like they mm-hmm. had a good chunk of people. Yeah. And that's another thing too, before I, I want to... I want to add, like, people who are in between, like, they're not necessarily welcomed by the plus-size community for reasons I feel like are, are valid, you know, being like, you may not understand the real struggles, and I get that, and then also not necessarily accepted by the standard sizes because your body shape or size may not look like a size 2, 4, 6, 8, or even 10, but being in that middle range can be difficult and sort of seeing what works best for you, but, you know... We're all here to stay, so I think we can just, like, find our own lane and just stay in it and venture out when we want to. But, again, for, like, the wrap-up, um, I guess we can end off with things, like, progress we want to see, um, progress that we're making relative to these topics in ourselves, and also um, what we think is going well, what we think is, like, working out to be... Mm-hmm progress and improvement in these industries and and not like a high so um i see an improvement of them taking the consumer seriously and understanding that our dollar means something um and listening to us and not just like okay well you know what we're just gonna keep on moving to the next project and Mm -hmm. hopefully you shell out your coin over there they're realizing you know what they're not going to Mm -hmm. um i do see that what we need to work on is realize that companies realize if if they um, cater and pander to us, we'll give them their money. So you got to also understand that um, that these companies, we would like to think that they're morally um, good companies and they care about us. And I'm not saying none of them don't, but generally speaking, it's a big table with a bunch of white men, you know, approving who's going to be the fashion director and that fashion director picks a couple of people and those people decide what kind of clothes is made. And then it's like, oh, well, you know what? There's this big push. We just have to realize that um, 
it's not out of like the kindness of their heart so we shouldn't be applauding them for doing the bare minimum so i'm glad that we're having the change we have to also understand that the change is not um my mom used to tell me all the time I'm not going to pat you on the back for doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pat them on the back for what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm here. I got this body. Make me some clothes so I can wear them. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you your money. It's a fair exchange. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I would like to see, again, like I said, people with varying skin clarities, skin tones, skin imperfections. Because that's something that I struggle with from time to time. Like, you know, it may not be every day that I have a face full of pimples an acne that I'm struggling with, but it does happen and it does stress me out and I want to see what certain things look like or how they work on people with actual skin issues because if we're being honest, like a lot of these things like originally weren't intended for people who have clear skin. So, um, you know, that's, that's enough to be said on that. And then in terms of like body variability, I'd like to see people with hip dips more. I'd like to see apple shaped women more. I'd like to see people with big, broad shoulders, tall women who, with athletic builds who aren't accounted for, who are told, you know, by masses that they're not like feminine enough, but they're still part of this conversation. They're still part of like the variability of the female form and stuff. And that's still something to be praised and admired. And, you know, even if it's not your cup of tea, it's somebody's. So they deserve to be included as well. And might I just add in 2013, the plus size fashion industry in 2013 was worth $20 billion in the US alone. So if you think that there's not a market for this, you're mistaken. You are mistaken. That was you almost, are wrong. Exactly. That was almost 10 years ago at $20 billion only in the U.S. And, that, and Boohoo's UK. I just, ASOS is UK. So just keep this in mind. Um, and yeah, I just think that the more we learn to accept ourselves and other people, um, the greater leaps and bounds we can make for diversification and inclusivity and beauty, fashion, and everything. And what's wrong with that seeing people that look like you um reflected in the world you know i don't think that this current narrative of just showing people who are again the pinnacle of western beauty is effective i think people are starting to learn that it's detrimental Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways um and while there's much more to aspire to and like beyond beauty we should still see people that represent us who are spokespeople for us and see people that look like the people within our communities, people that we love being showcased um, and represented and even celebrated because that's what the majority of people live with. Asymmetrical faces, acne, and unconventional body types. And with that, thank you for listening to our podcast, So Much Life in Me, and I hope you can celebrate all the life in you as well.